Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. How's it going, Habs fans? This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. It is... Saturday, November 10th, and we're here for another episode of Canadians Connection. And uh, before we get into today's show, I guess I'll just introduce my fabulous co-host, the Thomas Placanich to my Mike Camilleri, Mr. Rick Stevens. My Stevens. goodness. Wow. I'll take that. I'll <laughs> I take think that's that. the nicest and... I've ever been to myself. <laughs> yeah, actually it is, except I, I promise we're not going to trade you midway through this podcast. We will not. Yeah. Yeah, and make you Good. make you hand over the All Habs jersey. No, you you yeah. if you, you can hang on to that. That's yours. At, at least get a good return for me. That's all I ask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, I guess Renee Bork had a good playoff run. But anyways, <laughs> uh, before we get into today's show, we're gonna get to our winners and losers in a bit. We forgot to mention something last week, and uh, Rick, I'll turn it over to you for that. Well, um, it's November. Uh, yeah. If you saw me this week in Utica, uh, which there were Hab, there were Habs fans uh, there, and I had a nice chat with uh, Kevin, um, who uh, was sporting a Charlie Lindgren jersey, um, and, and uh, yeah, there, there was uh, and and Char and, and uh, McNiven started that game, but Charlie came in uh, midway and and uh, and earned the, the win, and and we talked to Charlie afterwards. Uh, tying that all together, if you want to check out, go to uh, All Habs on YouTube. Uh, just uh, uh, type in All Habs on YouTube, and uh, and you can find that interview. But um, yeah, my point is that uh, you will um, find the um, uh, Kevin as as he did uh, uh, met me and saw that I'm sporting my Movember stash already. <laughs> Uh, as many members of our team do, we've got quite a, yeah. uh, this, this, uh, this year, and we're off to a flying start for November five years. Now we've been supporting this, uh, valuable cause. Uh, we've been, uh, raising money, raising awareness. Um, um, as some of our team members, um, as, as the promotion says, it's for Mo brothers and Mo sisters. Uh, yeah. some of them have been uh, working on the, uh, the move challenge. And uh, as far as, as, as the move challenge, uh, they're up to 66 kilometers that they have uh, they, of activity. And uh, we're, we're uh, well over $300 in terms of fundraising, and, and we're just uh, 10 days into this. So uh, we're pretty yeah. pumped. Uh, and if you want to help us out, um, go to our page uh, on, on Movember, Movember.com, and search for All Habs Hockey Magazine. Uh, join our team, donate, whatever you can do. This is a very yeah. worthy cause, and uh, we'd sure like to have your support. Absolutely. An, an extremely worthy cause. Any amount helps, whatever. And, and like you said, join the team. Do whatever you can, whatever you can to contribute at all. So uh, on that note, I guess we'll, uh, we'll shift gears and, and head to our winners and losers of the week. 
And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on the Canadians Connection. So this was an interesting week for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, a little bit of adversity this week. It was kind of more bad than good, I would probably say. is the. Uh, <laughs> is, is, I think that would be fair to say. So, uh, Rick, I think it's probably best to start with your winner of the week. My winner of the week, I mean, uh, this, uh, this has been a busy week. Uh, and, yeah. um, y- you know, uh, we have, uh, we got Max Pacioretty coming back to the, the Bell Center tonight. Uh, we, we have the defensive collapse to talk about. We have uh, yeah. some activity around Carey Price. Um, uh, it's It's been a bit of a house of cards there. Um, um uh, there was Gregory Charles, uh, <laughs> that disaster last Saturday, uh, in the, uh, the, the in-between music slots. Uh, so we got <laughs> lots to fit in. Uh, and, uh, but, but what happened yesterday was, uh, kind of a surprise for many of us. Uh, and that's Thomas Buchanan's, yeah. uh, uh, leaving the Montreal Canadians. Um, and, and that was just, uh, a little bit of a hard pill to swallow. Um, yeah. So I thought that my winner of the week, I couldn't think of anybody else. Once that happened, I couldn't think of anybody else that uh, Tom Thomas Pekanitz is, is my winner of the week. And certainly for all that um, he gave to the Montreal Canadians, um, it's, it's hard to imagine a more uh, team player, a more team motivated guy. Um you know, even yesterday, uh, um, when asked, you know, is, is this what, what you want? He said, it's best for the team. Um, so he's leaving the team because it's best yeah. for the team. Uh, he's leaving the team to open a roster spot. He's leaving the team to reduce Bergevin cap space, to reduce his contracts, number of contracts. Um, you know, he, he, he left the team, uh, last February, uh, in a trade, uh, that, that probably was hard for him to accept uh, Placanitz and, and Kyle Bond, uh, another character kind of guy going to the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, for Valley of Reichel in a second round pick that turned out to be uh, Jacob Olofsson. Um, you know, he did that for the team. Then he came back to the team that uh, he wanted to play his <laughs> thousandth game with. Um, that was delayed till a Monday because it was better for the team to uh, sell tickets on a, on a day that where they, you know, they were going to have a half empty building. Um, I I think everything this guy has done has been for the team. Uh, And yet he, he has shied away from, from attention. He's never sought out recognition. Um, He's been underappreciated by, by Canadians fans who uh, really don't understand uh, you know, Canadians fans are supposed to be the most knowledgeable, but they couldn't quite uh, grasp the role that he was given and that he was so successful at. And yeah. yet uh, teammates appreciated him. Opponents despised him. Um, you know, he, he, he just goes in there and, and gets all the, all the hard tasks, the hard minutes, the hard opponents plays against every night plays against the, the toughest um uh, the the best uh, forwards on the other side um, always goes in to take those crucial face-offs in any situation. 
um, and 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 always gets the fewest um, offensive uh, faceoffs, uh, the most offensive starts of, of of any of the centers. He just does all. Um, okay, so I think we might have lost Rick. Um, if that is the case, um, I guess I'll just add on to what he was saying, which, um, look, I think that Tomas Bukanich, he was everything that the Montreal Canadiens needed and and for this season in particular because they just lost Jacob Delarose through waivers and that's fine because if you make that choice you make that decision that you that he doesn't figure into your plans look that's 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 what happens you have to make tough decisions and yesterday the Montreal Canadiens made another one but the way that this impacts the Canadians on the ice you know the the way that they've been playing in recent times would you would need a guy like Tomas Plakanich to clean up some of the defensive mistakes that we're going to get to in a little bit. But, you know, additionally, when he's, when you're talking about yesterday and the move that they made and everything like that, the one thing that you also have to account for is just how graceful Tomas Plakanich was. Like Rick was saying, this is a guy that, that bleeds Habs colors. He would do anything for this team and it shows in it how he took that yesterday, how he responded to that. And, and you know, it was, it was heartwarming in a kind of also heartbreaking way <laughs> to see how that all went down yesterday because this is a guy that, that absolutely loves the Montreal Canadiens. And, you know, that's unfortunately a way that – the way that he's gone out, you know, uh, being bought out in, in November, I, I would think that, especially considering the defensive struggles that this team has had, that he would have deserved more than three games because that's essentially you gave him three games and then he had a back injury, which when he was asked about yesterday said uh, he thought it was a back injury as kind of suggest suggesting that it may not have actually been an injury at all he just did that because the Montreal Canadiens needed him to do that so you know this is a guy that has done everything that the Montreal Canadiens have asked of him and he has done it you know you, you we can talk all day about we can point to his numbers we can talk about Tomas Plakanich the player but Tomas Plakanich the man is something that I think Montreal Canadiens fans are, are really going to to miss because he was a class act through and through right till yesterday, right till the end when he was, you know, in that press conference. And uh, yeah, so that was, to me, that was a really interesting, uh, interesting development yesterday. And, and yeah, I, I really enjoy that. And I believe we have Rick Stevens. Back. Rick, how's, you you're back with us? I am. Uh, sorry, some All right. technical problems. We lost, uh, yeah, we lost yeah. uh, some connection here. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm back, but thank you for, right, well, uh, thank you for carrying on. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, is there anything you wanted to get to? I was just talking about the, uh, just the grace that he had yesterday, like in the face of that, where, like you mentioned, he would do anything for this team and right till the end, it was, this is best for the team. So I'm going to do it. 
and I don't want to play for another jersey. I don't want to play for another team. This is best for the Montreal Canadiens. I'm going to go play in, in the Czech Republic or do whatever. But I wanted to retire as a Montreal Canadian, and this was the only way that I could do that. And and cl- yeah, that's absolutely right. Class all the way. Um, yeah. Doing doing uh, you know selflessly um, uh, helping the team, um, and and that's what he did for his entire career. I, I think that that sometimes we forget forget his. Um, I was talking about his his defensive play and yeah. and you know irritating the likes of of uh, Sidney Crosby, who said, uh, you know, uh, that, that Placanitz is, is one of the most hated players to play against, um, got under his skin all the time, but Marchand as well, how much he hated uh, Thomas <laughs> Placanitz. David yeah. Krejci, uh, his, his countrymen, uh, they had some battles. But we forget that, that Thomas Placanitz was also uh, a very productive offensive player, um, yeah. You know, both in the AHL for for he put in his time with the Hamilton Bulldogs and and uh, then uh, year after year a 20 goal score um, a very if we if we remember back to um, the years when he was with uh, Alex Kovalev and and Andre Kostitsin mm-hmm. offensively they were one of the most feared lines in the in the league um, so yeah. he's he's done a bit of everything. Um, the leadership side, he's worn the A, um, and uh, you just look at at the the comments of of uh, his his current teammates, um, and and they talk about how he's he's taught them how much he's taught them. Particularly, um, if you look at our Terry Lekkinen's, uh post on on Instagram, and how. Yeah. Uh, Placanich just kind of took him under his wing and, and uh, you know, helped him uh, with the adjustment to being in Montreal, but also, um, you know, how to be how to be a better player and how to be a more complete player. I mean, uh, Thomas Placanich was one of those guys who, uh, you know, not only uh, excelled on the ice, he was a he was a student of the game. He was one of the guys who spent the most time in the video room uh, going over uh, film over and over and over again to try and improve his game. Uh, just a, a complete player, underappreciated, underrecognized. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, just, just uh, I hope that the, 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 when, when there is a tribute to him, when he does come back, uh, that the Canadians fans show their appreciation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was, yeah, that was, that was a tough one yesterday. Um, and, uh, you know, but the, the thing that I go back to is getting, he got yesterday what, unfortunately, Andre Markov did not get. And, you know, um, that's what he deserved. He deserved to go out in a, in a, in a, with, with a press conference, with being able to say all of those things and, and, and say that, the Montreal Canadiens was, they were the only organization that he ever wanted to play for. And, you know, I watching yesterday and again today, just to, in preparation, but that was the thing that I went to is, you know what, this would have been a proper send off for two of the guys. And, and Andre Markov was there, as you mentioned, when you, when you're talking about 07, 08, he was there, he was a big part of that too. And, and he's been a huge part as he was a huge part, uh, for many, many years, along with Thomas Bukanich. So, 
yeah, it was, an, it was an appropriate send-off for Tom Ashpokanich. And if there's anything that you can take from it that's positive, it's that he got a, a proper send-off. And hopefully, like you mentioned, he gets a nice, there, a nice uh, reception when, they, when the time comes to honor him in, in whatever way the Montreal Canadiens choose to do so. Well said. So, Absolutely. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll move on to my winner of the week. And this is a lot like my loser of the week last week with Jeff Petrie, where this guy has didn't have a particularly good week, but at the same time, he's always been there. And, you know, there's even when he doesn't necessarily make those big plays that he had made last week and the week before, he's still a part of the good things that happen on the ice. And that guy's Brendan Gallagher. And it, it kind of surprised me that it's taken me this long to get to him as a winner of the week. But I think that kind of, that's, that's a good, uh, that's a compliment to the Montreal Canadiens team as a whole, because Brendan Gallagher has kind of, while driving the bus, hasn't been the only guy that's contributing and hasn't been the only guy that's, that's playing well. And, you know, Max Domi might've been the guy, but to me, I, I had already chosen him and, and Brendan Gallagher, I mean, that line of, of him, Deneau, and Tatar, when they come on the ice, generally, good things happen. They, they find a way to create offense, and, and they don't sacrifice their defensive play for it, I, at least in my eyes. Because you see lines like we saw Charles Zudon with, with Jonathan Drouin and Max Domi, and in a way that kind of sacrifice some defense for their offense and when Brendan Gallagher's on the ice there's absolutely you know there's no sacrificing anything it is I'm going to work hard and I'm going to find a way that you know we not only uh, find ways to create offense but we also find ways to shut down the other team whether that be by a turnover in the neutral zone or hard work in his own zone um and then when you look at, I mean, the Domi, uh, the Max Domi goal against the New York Islanders, I believe it was a 3-2 goal with a really nice screen on Thomas Grice taking away his vision. And then the second Tomas Tatar goal against the New York Rangers, he's battling in front, doing exactly what Brendan Gallagher does. So it wasn't necessarily a week where he was the guy that was shining bright, but I think that's probably the best, uh, the best way for him to get winner of the week because – He's not always the guy that shines, but he's always the guy that's there and always the guy that's playing. You know, I think it's it might be fair to suggest that other than, than Max Pacioretty, I mean, he was probably since 2013, he's probably been Montreal's most consistent skater, most consistent forward at the very least. So, you know, I think that this is a guy that, that has been part of Montreal's success so far this season. And, uh, and I think he's deserved... Uh, to be acknowledged in this way. Yeah, I think that, as you said, not his best week. And, uh, yeah. and, stra- and kind of uh, surprisingly, um, you know, each game recap I do, I, I, I give kind of uh, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down to, uh, to uh, a, a, a selection of players. And in the Buffalo game, um, Brendan Gallagher got a rare thumbs down from me. I, I, it's yeah. not too often he gets into that category. I didn't think he had a very good game. I don't think he was that uh, particularly that that noticeable. And I think in a game where where um, there were so many other failings going on that yeah. that he could have he could have contributed uh, and and kind of 
by 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 and, and maybe that's maybe that's part of the reason that um you know there were so many other failings through, throughout the ice is, is they could have used the leadership from from Gallagher but yeah. uh in a collective sense and um uh, as you said when you when you go back um in terms of seasons uh but particularly this season uh Brendan Gallagher has been uh solid uh he's been a leader um certainly um you know the even strength uh, which is so important to me uh that that uh, he's been a leader there and and is getting uh the majority of his points that way um, yeah. and and i i think that um he's been you know uh, uh he was asked to be a leader uh with uh, with uh, Paul Byron and and uh and Shea Weber and and uh he's done just that so far this season with a very young group of of uh of players and he's certainly bonded uh, exceptionally well with Max Domi and and yeah. i would say um it should be commended at least for part of of uh, Max's transition and and success so far in Montreal. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I guess we'll move right along to uh, the losers of the week. Lost a little bit of time there, but uh, so we'll we'll get to your loser right now. So who would that be? Well, I think that um, um, Jonathan Drouin. Um, you know, Jonathan Drouin had a had a slow start. To be kind to the he really yeah. struggled early <laughs> on. Uh, yeah. There was a, a stretch where. Um, where he put a, a point streak together and and uh, and uh, seemed uh, pretty comfortable and and uh, now he's uh, he's been on the, the downslide. Um, now it's it's hard to say that because uh, you know uh, um, folks will remember uh, the goal that he had uh, on Thursday night and um, but it it it's kind of a, it was kind of a typical. Um, Jonathan Duran goal. Um, yeah. You, you know, everybody does all the work and he's there uh, to finish. And, and we saw that Max, Max Domi, um, a heck of a pass to get it across and a little tap in for, um, for Jonathan Duran. And, and he reminds me a little bit of, of, you know, when you, when either pond hockey or road hockey, whatever it is, uh, that guy who would cherry pick and, and, uh, and, <laughs> overly celebrate and, 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 but never yeah. seem to be um, uh, there to back check or, or block shots or whatever. And, and um, that's the kind of hockey he seems to, to like to play. He likes to be in the limelight. Uh, he likes being at home and, and uh, that game um, against the Rangers, uh, I, I, it, it was it was hard to watch. Um, it was mm, yeah. it was really hard to watch because um, the the very first Rangers goal, the, it was Jonathan Duran that uh, gave the puck away uh, just in the neutral zone, uh, miraculously got it back again, gave it away again, <laughs> and then uh, and then just just completely gave up on the play. Um, it was. It was his man that he skated right by, and uh, and and who who uh, got the goal, and and then that wasn't enough. Um, he went on to be responsible completely, directly, uh, solely, almost responsible for the the three goals in the third period. Uh, yeah. He ended up a minus four 
but uh, he had he he had, was credited with five giveaways in his own zone and many more in the neutral zone and beyond. Uh, it was it was not mistakes. It was a lack of effort. It was lazy. Yeah. It was selfish play. Um, Brian Wild uh, uh, tweeted that it was the worst performance by a Canadian's forward in a decade. Um, yeah. And and I I, I can't uh, I can't disagree with that. It was it was horrendous. Um, yeah. And strangely. Um, um, you know, very little was said. Very, very little was said. All Claude Julien said was he didn't want to uh, pick on a specific player, um, mm. which was kind of odd in the context where we had the whole Sherback thing going on. Yeah. Um, mm. uh, but anyway, it was it was a dreadful performance, um, and um, and and really he didn't. He, you know, he, he would make a mistake. He would go out for the next shift make a mistake, go out for the next shift. He, he wasn't uh, punished in any way that uh, we might have expected. And so uh, yeah. I, I, can't, I couldn't think of anybody else who deserved it. No, more, yeah. uh, who, who gave less effort uh, and who seemed to care less um, in, in Jonathan Joanne this week. Yeah. And, and look, I, I've said my piece on Jonathan Joanne a couple of weeks ago when I had him as my loser of the week. So I'm not going to dive into that. But what I will say is he has been completely propped up by the, the great start of Max Domi. Everything that he has done offensively has been on the back of it's – been, it's been the foundation was laid by the work of Max Domi. So my question is, and I know that he's gotten off to such a ridiculous start that it never seems like it would happen or it will happen, but – what happens when, when the points don't come for Max Domi? What happens then to Jonathan Drouin? Because he's just been completely coasting off of the great play of Max Domi. So, you know, to me, this is, this is the, the typical Jonathan Drouin. This is what we've seen. I mean, you talk about the guy that just finishes off the, the play like he did in, that, uh, in the game with um, the Buffalo game, Max Domi, the pass over. There was also a play in the New York Islanders game. I know that he scored in that game as well, but there was a play where Victor Mete slid a pass over across the seam. He had a wide open net and he missed. Like the guy doesn't even finish on those chances. That could have that could have put the Montreal Canadiens in a far better position. They wouldn't have even had to have gone to overtime or shootout and then play the next night down the road in the town at, at MSG. So, you know, I it's it's it is Jonathan. It, it is what it is, unfortunately. So I guess that leaves just my loser of the week. And this one it might be harsh just to point him out, but Xavier Roulette, I mean, he hasn't really done anything well that that's really made him stand out in a good way. But to me, the game against the Sabres, he made within the first 10 minutes of the game, almost on back-to-back shifts, made two ill-advised pinches at the blue line that, that set the, the Sabres in on a two-on-one, on an odd-man rush. And we're going to get to the the consequences of those decisions and, and, and the team defense as a whole a little, bit, a little bit later on, but that sets the tone for the entire game. And for him to do that on, like, basically, I think it was back-to-back shifts. It, was, it, wasn't exact, it wasn't far apart in time. 
it, but it, it was back to back. It was first yeah. first six minutes of the game, two two yeah. uh, bad pinches. Yeah, exactly. He did that on back. Like it, it, like it's one thing to do it once and be like, okay, learn my lesson, but then to do it again on the very next shift. I, you know, it might be harsh to just give it. That's like really my only reason to give it to him. But generally he has not played well enough to warrant not being in this conversation. Like he hasn't done anything to blow me away or, and, and I think that that might be the, the general consensus. Um, and even not even that, like it, even just if I don't notice him, he would have a good game. And unfortunately for him in the Buffalo game, I noticed him twice in the first six minutes for two brutal, brutal pinches that, I mean, that could have been prevented by just being conservative. And, you know, that way, I, I mean, Carey Price doesn't have to bail them out once. He's not going to do it a second time. It's a, it's a two-on-one. There's not many goalies that are going to make that save. I don't think that there's any goalie that would make that save. So, to me, that was why Xavier Roulette is my loser of the week. Well, I think um, he's been, as you say, he's been okay on on a, a, a very bad defensive club, and and the 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 holes in the club uh, in the defense were masked early by by Carey Price's play. Yeah. Um, but on a very bad defensive club, he's been okay defensively. But um, the the knock on him in in Detroit, and the reason they had no place for uh, him on a very bad Detroit team was because <laughs> of his decision making, his poor decision making, yeah. um, and and that's what got him into trouble. Uh, in the examples that that you reference, he made a he made a bad decision in pinching. Carey Price bailed him out, and then he didn't learn from it. Uh, you would think that, that okay, you'd say, wow, boy, I, I, I screwed up there. I'm going to do that again for the rest of the game. But he does it on the next shift, and it's that yeah. bad, def- bad decision-making that, that gets him into trouble uh, and, and certainly did um, in that game. Yeah, and, and yeah, that's why, that's why he's my loser of the week because, I mean, that's – that's just setting the team up for failure. They just start off the game like that. I mean, I don't care how quickly they've re- they responded with goals. That's just within the first six minutes of a game to see something like that unfold, not once, but twice. That, that just does not work. That does not, uh, that's just not how, how winning, how a winning team does it. So I think we've, uh, we've set our piece and, uh, this is going to lead into a much greater discussion in the next segment. Coming up, we're going to talk about Carey Price. We're going to talk about the team defense. So stick around. We'll be back after this. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, 
passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And welcome back. This is Canadian's Connection. And uh, we were talking about our winners and losers last segment. And my loser of the week kind of leads very naturally into the discussion that we're about to have. Because Carey Price this past week, I think it would be fair to say, I mean, you look at the game against Tampa Bay, the goals that were allowed there. Look at the game against the New York Rangers, the goals that were allowed there. And just the other day, the other night against the Buffalo Sabres, some of those goals that were allowed there. He was kind of hung out to dry. Is it fair to say that he was hung out to dry a little bit? <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, I, uh, it, it, it's interesting because, because I talked about Jonathan Duran, um, and, and just a horrible game. Um, and, and with, with, as I said, Brian Wild saying worst performance uh, defensively by a, a Canadian yeah. forward in a decade. Um, so um, you, you flip on Antti Shamra and RDS, and, and you might figure that, that Duran's name would be mentioned once or twice. It wasn't. You know what they yeah. talked about? Carey Price. Um, you had Mario Tremblay, which I don't know why anybody listens to Mario Tremblay, but yeah, Mario Tremblay, you had Vincent Samfus trashing Carey Price. You had Gaston Terrien, who's, who's, who kept saying that Price is the fa- franchise player and he has to play like the franchise player. Um, and, you know, you looked at, at, at those goals and, and, uh, the Pionk goal, like who is Neil Pionk for God's sakes? Um, uh, just uh, around Drouin and 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 um, uh, uh, it, it was it was crazy. It, it was it was just silly. Um, uh, the uh, the Busnevich shot that uh, or, or uh, goal that Dahl shot from the point where uh, Jonathan Duran was had to step out of the way of, of Mark Stahl to let him yeah. shoot uh, and left his stick there so that it deflected off of his stick. And Price said it hit him in the neck. Um, he, he, yeah, he, he looked like he, he didn't uh, uh, track it well, but it was deflected off of Duran's stick, hit him in the neck, and everybody said, oh, you know, he's got he's to smother that puck. Uh, then, um, 
you know, who was around him, there were there was nothing but but um uh Rangers around him. Uh Bustavich was first on the puck, Petrie was there, couldn't get to it, Ben was watching, Houdon was watching, Duran yep. at at that point was watching. Um there wasn't a there wasn't a goal that that um uh, Price had a chance on in, in that game. Um, you know, we talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we talked about the Bodker goal and, and the way uh, he went to cut in and, and, and Price blocked his cha- uh, his path with the, the paddle and everybody was screaming, well, he's got to trust his defenseman to do that because he left, uh, you know, a little tiny portion and, and uh, Bodker banked it off uh, off his back. So that's exactly what he did. Uh, he hugged the post as Pionk's coming down, uh, and and Pionk went around Juleson, and Mike Riley went, watched, and kind of went the other way um, and didn't block the path across. It was a total defensive disaster um, yeah. for the Montreal Canadiens in that game. Absolutely a disaster. And then afterwards, what happens? Of course, you you you, you don't. The, the, the Auntie Sharma RDS has to protect Duran, so um, they bring out their big guns all ablazing at uh, at Carey Price. You know that kind of, and I mean, it led into then the Buffalo game, and the Buffalo game is where this all kind of it, it came back and and bigger and worse than ever, unfortunately. Because look, I I seen on Twitter everybody say, well, you know what, Price, those goals were weak. Those goals were weak. Everybody conceded that those goals were weak. And I was like, wait a minute. What game are we, what game are you guys watching? Cause I feel like the first goal, there's no way that you can fault Carey Price for that. That's a bad pinch. We just talked about that. You can't fault Carey Price for that. The, the fourth goal, I believe it was, um, or that it was either the third or the fourth, like, I think the it was the it was the one where Eichel pushed it through and then set up Jeff Skinner. Like, you know, like those are terrible terrible defensive plays. And then, you know, it, it like it goes back to you have to no matter how good he is, you have to put him in a position to succeed because you know, every other star player has got support. Every other star player in this league has got support in some way, except for Connor McDavid, but you know, that's, that's a conversation for another day, but other star players have support. The goaltender is going to take the brunt of the criticism. Anytime a goal is allowed. That's unfortunately the way that it is because people don't take the time to analyze what's happened. They don't take the time to look at the whole play and see that Jonathan Drouin was somewhere out in center ice. while Pavel Buchnevich is banging away at rebounds. They don't look for that stuff, but to see this, like, to see the way that this was, you know, respond, like, the way that this kind of all boiled over and, and, and a lot of personal stuff on Twitter, like, it's not just criticizing, okay, well, you know what, Carey Price should have had that one, and, and he would be the first to, to say that he should have had it, but then also to step into, and that's the part that I always get uncomfortable with, and that's the part that I feel like this fan base does more than any other is take it that step too far that goes into a person, into a human being. And, and that's unfortunately where we're at, at right now with this, with this situation. You know, uh, it, it's, it's a little bit unfortunate to see the way 
and you mentioned it a couple of weeks ago and, and one, I think it was the, uh, the Calgary recap where he actually got his three, like, you know, he, he, he was, uh, he tied Patrick Waugh and, and the knives were out for him then when he was having success. And now when obviously there's people that are being opportunists about this and taking it to push their own narratives, you know, there aren't a lot of people that are around to defend Carey Price. And unfortunately, this is one of the only times where he's actually needed support from his fans. He's, he's, he's had this team, he's propped this team up into something better than they've than they ever should have been for years and years. And when he actually needs support, the fan base turns its back on him in a way that I, I don't think, well, it's not fair for, for one, but I don't think any team has, any fan base rather, has turned on a star player quicker and with more uh just just more vitriol than than this and this and this uh w- with carry price it's it's ridiculous well you and i i think that's right it's it, this yeah. this is a bigger picture this this is uh it has to do with with uh carry price uh passing and surpassing uh some legends that people are pretty yeah. tied to there that you know um, people have talked about Patrick Waugh in uh, looking back in, in just glowing terms, and Carey Price has has surpassed um, uh, Patrick Waugh. We, we talked about, you know, in terms of wins, in terms of goals against average, in terms of save percentage, in terms of of, of uh, uh, shutouts. Uh, Carey Price is well past uh, uh, Patrick Waugh, even though Patrick Waugh played in the, the, the dead puck era when, when his numbers sh- uh, sh- should have been much better uh, than, than Carey Price's. And, and I've had, I had people this week come back to me and say, yeah, but Patrick Waugh got more assists and penalty minutes. Well, okay, if, if, if that's what, what you want to hang your hat on, well, then fine. Uh, you mentioned yeah. a little earlier that that uh, that goalies are are um, you know often blamed uh, for the the faults of of their their team. I've got a, a tweet here um, that says uh, from Lowell Williamson, um, and Lowell says all goals are ultimately the goalie's fault. They had an opportunity to make a save regardless of the circumstances leading up to the shot. Just just. I'm sorry, Lowell doesn't look like he's new to uh, just making a judgment, but to hockey. Uh, but <laughs> but um, it appears that that uh, his analysis is rather uh, infantile to, to think that all goalies yeah. are the or, or all goals are the fault of goalies. We look at, yeah. you know, you mentioned the the uh, we we talked about the 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 goals in the in the the, the Rangers game, but. Um, we, I've, I've heard uh, people say, well, you know, he gave up six here. He gave up uh, this many goals on this many shots. His save percentage is this. I would like to look at, and uh, goal by goal, whether it was on price or or not. Um, yeah. We've talked a bit about that that first goal. Willette, bad yeah. pinch um, in, in the Sabres game. His second of the game, as we said, six minutes in created a two-on-one um, meta, uh, didn't prevent the pass across. That's basic defense training, you know. Your job is yeah. to prevent the pass across, give the shot to the goalie. Um, Savatka scored, one nothing. Uh, verdict of that, 
that's not on price. No way he could stop that. No. Um, uh, item two, uh, Houdon reaches in, he misses the check. Um, uh, Willette is way over on the wall. Uh, that situation creates a two on O. Um, Beaulieu, his stick obviously interfered with Price's pad, didn't allow him to yeah. make the save, uh, yet somehow the challenge was denied. Uh, Sabatka gets his second. It's 2-1. Verdict, not on Price at all. Um, <clears throat> then uh, the, the um, Habs have four defenders in a box uh, around the crease. None of them prevent the pass from behind the net. None of them tie up the shooter, uh, who's on the lip of the crease. There's, there's Ben was there, Petrie was there, Dano was there, Tatar was there. None of them involved themselves in the play. Shiri gets the goal. Um, 3-2 Buffalo. Verdict of that, not on price. Um, yeah. then, then we have Domi, who creates a bad turnover at the blue line, hands it over to Skinner, uh, goes after him, and there's a delayed penalty on Domi. Um, and then Domi, his third mistake of that same shift, he loses track of Skinner. Skinner's all alone. The rebound comes to him. He bangs it in. 4-3 Buffalo. Verdict of that, not on price. Uh, we yeah. get to the third period. Deneau loses the draw. Petrie is bewildered. Uh, there's a <laughs> set play. Eichel to Skinner. Bang, tie it 5-5, not on price. We go to overtime. Habs have a three-on-one. Lekkonen missed the net. You listen to Chris Nyland afterwards. He says he's screaming. Chris Nyland's screaming. You can't miss the net in overtime. Yeah. Play goes the other way. Pekka, the speediest guy, I'm told, on the team, he can't catch Ristolainen. And, and, in fact, he, he, he starts gliding at the end yeah. um, and just kind of reaches and gets his stick in the way. Ristolainen... Um, scores the overtime winner that one is is on price he should have saved that but it's he also should. he's going to share culp- culpability with Lekkonen who missed the net with Pekka who didn't uh skate and for the fans who booed Carey Price the Bronx cheer um after the early on in the game after I think it was the third goal uh yeah. or, or the uh, after the third goal he made a save and they gave him the Bronx cheer um, and and then afterwards, Carey Price said his confidence was a little shaken by being booed by his home uh, fans. Uh, that yeah. something was in his head. Well, what was in his head was the fact that uh, he couldn't believe that that uh, he was being blamed for everything, and that that his own fans were turning on him. So if yeah. you look at that, um, who's was did Carey Price deserve all of the blame afterwards? Of course not. Fans are just being silly. They're being yeah, and and it's going back to to uh, this this uh, Patrick Waugh situation, and and it, it's 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 uncalled for, and now it's become a you know it's blown up into a, a big issue that that, that that the media like to point all the guns at at Carey Price, and in so doing so deflect some of their little darlings. Um, yeah, and and let's let's also mention that. Um, uh, who's ex- escaping blame here? Mark Bergevin. Mark Bergevin's uh, sole task, or at least his primary task in the summer, was to improve the defense. The defense last year was horrendous. It was yeah. uh, uh, in every category. Goals given up in, in uh, 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 penalty killing, 
near the bottom. His job was to find uh, someone to play with Shea Weber and to improve his bottom pairing. He did none of that. He did absolutely nothing unless you call uh, Xavier Willett a, a, an upgrade, and I don't. Um, he no. did absolutely nothing uh, to improve his defense, and what you're seeing right now is the result of his fa- of Mark Bergevin's failure. Yep, and it's very interesting timing because of, like you mentioned with Matthew Pekka, gliding back on that overtime goal, and with what we just talked about with Tomasz Plakanich, this is a team that could absolutely use. And we, this isn't, we're not talking, I mean, look, Thomas Plakanich is 36. He said that in his, in that press conference yesterday, but with everything that we've seen with this team defense as a whole, that has had many, many problems. There's not just one culprit, there's multiple, but a guy like Tomas Plakanich, in addition to guys like, I mean, you have David Schlemko, like you mentioned last week, that's inching closer to a potential return and Shea Weber a little bit further, but all the same, it's the middle of November now. He was projected to be back within the next month or so. That was the early. I'm not sure if that's uh, that's changed in any way. I don't think it has. I think that's still pretty stable. But regardless, if you add those guys to this team, we saw last year in the playoffs, Thomas Placanich still has something to give in terms of being able to I guess agitate other players, but not to the not to like the the Brad Marchand type of agitating, but agitate in in terms of shutting an offense down, shutting a player down. And you know this team is not putting Carey Price in a position to succeed, and that goes back to who is who is playing. Like right now, if you look at the Montreal Canadian centers, is Philip Deneau the most uh, defensively responsible of that bunch. I mean, I don't think it's fair to say that Yasperi Kotkaniemi is that just quite yet. I mean, he, he probably will be, but this is not an experienced group. And you add Matthew Pekka, who is a career AHLer. He is not, you know, he. I know how highly Montreal fans think of him. I know how highly Mark Bergevin and Claude Julien evidently think of him, but Tomas Plakanich could do a lot for this team. And I think that that would at least it would take away from some of the negatives that we've seen this past week. Yeah. I think when you look at, at the defensive players, uh, players who, who have struggled defensively um, in terms of, of uh, goals against per 60 or, or relative Corsi or whatever it is you choose, you're going to find the names of, of, of Matthew Pekka. You're going to have Andrew Shaw. You're going to have, Jonathan Drouin in there, um, <laughs> Charles Houdon, uh, Max Domi even uh, has has been brilliant in one end of the ice uh, and and not great on the on, on the other end. Um, so I think there's you know, apart from the defense that that have struggled, um, we we also have some uh, defensive play that uh, the Canadians are have been surprising when they've been in the offensive end of the, the ice. They still have an awful lot of work to do uh, on the defensive side. And uh, until they can do that, until they can, you know, make some improvements that way, there's, there's no way that, that uh, uh, the Canadians or, or Canadians fans should be uh, calling out Carey Price. 
we'll, we'll get to this. Is is Carey Price the least respected star in Canadians history in your mind? Well, there, there's been, you know, we talked, you mentioned, uh, there's a few candidates in there. Uh, uh, you yeah. mentioned Andre Markov. You, we, we talked about uh, um, uh, Thomas McCannitz. Um We'll see what happens with, with yeah. Max Pacioretty coming in uh, tonight and, yeah. and how he's treated uh, after, you know, uh, 30 goal season after 30 goal season. Um, it, but Carey Price, I think this has been, this has been ongoing. This is this goes back to the days of Ganey when when uh, yeah. Ganey had to step in and and uh, and call him the the thoroughbred. And Ganey was absolutely right about that. But but yep. it's 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 hard to imagine uh, one of the greatest goaltenders. And and when 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 uh, he he gets that that wins record, um, you know, and passes Jacques Plante. What, Absolutely, one of the not only the greatest goaltenders, but one of the greatest Canadians of all time, um, yeah. and and the kind of abuse that he has to uh, endure, and 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 yeah, so it uh, does it mess with his head. Of course it does, as as yeah. as he said, you know, I'm technically sound. I I yeah. I I uh, between him and Stefan Wait, they're not finding many uh, faults technically. Uh, but it's it's uh, certainly trying to understand the mentality of of uh, the Canadians fans, the Canadians media, um, and uh, and this current regime, um, you know, who uh, Mark Bergevin has been very protective of of uh, himself and and is in some ways used Carey Price as a shield uh, yeah. to deflect attention away from him, and and uh, that must be pretty odd, pretty confusing for uh, someone who has, uh, you know, nothing to apologize for. Yeah. And, and for the fans, I feel like, and, you know, me being somebody that hasn't been around for a Montreal Canadian Stanley Cup win, I feel like this has given me, and, and, and everyone else that that's in the same boat has given us a little bit of perspective because, there's a lot of teams in the NHL that have not won a, there's, there's teams that have not won a championship, you know, a lot of the, the younger franchises that, you know, kind of came around, you know, there was there in the, in the U S mostly. And uh, those ones, they, they've never, they've never done that. And there's also teams in other leagues, like, you know, look at the, the Toronto Raptors, just by an example, like there are teams that haven't had that success before. And I feel like the success that Montreal has had, has made them feel entitled to that success. And look, that's fine. This is a, a passionate fan base. I understand that. You want to win. That's what everyone should want to do. But at the same time, unfortunately, greatness does not always lead to winning a Stanley Cup or winning a championship. Because guys are, you know, they are, uh, they, they unfortunately at times can be, bogged down by the circumstances and I feel like Zaku Koivu was one of those guys and I feel like Carey Price is one of those guys those are the two guys in my mind that of of my lifetime have been disrespected to uh, you know uh, to a to a degree I think Zaku gets a little bit more respect but but for Carey Price I feel like this is just a year-by-year thing like this is even going back to 2016 17 when people were when he had some struggles in about january or february and people were like okay what's going on with carrie price like 
whoa, 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 what's happening? And then he gets a Vesna nomination at the end of the year. It's, it was like clockwork at that point. But now that he has had these issues for, I mean, let's, let's say it, he had a 900 save percentage last year. And I am of the idea that numbers don't tell the entire story. But at the same time, that's enough fuel to the fire for some portions of this fan base. And unfortunately, it has led to him probably being the least respected star of of franchise history, of Canadians' history. There's, you know, um, I... I... <laughs> I think I'm a bit of a numbers guy. I think I'm a bit of yeah. a stats guy. Uh, my math degree would, would kind of uh, say something about that. Uh, <laughs> and when, when you see people uh, say, um, well, uh, when they start a, 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 a sentence with numbers don't lie, it usually means that uh, they're using numbers to lie. Um, yeah. They are, they are <laughs> putting numbers together in a, in a number salad and trying to make them meaningful. And, um, you know, just because I've said this to many, I've said this to students, just because you can't count it doesn't make it meaningful and you need intelligence to take those numbers and, and accurately analyze, uh, uh, what's going on behind them. Um, and, uh, I think that, that, you know, uh, we love having people's opinions. Uh, we love interacting with people, um, but not everyone is is a, an expert at, at putting together both the the stats and the, um, the 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 visual to to form an accurate conclusion. And we're seeing a lot of that right now. Yeah, yeah. So um, I feel like that's a that's a good spot to uh to end this discussion because i feel like if we go any further it's it's going to just be reading uh really really uh bad well well, bad tweets i guess we have a segment coming up for that but (laughs) but before we get to it we're going to talk about nikita sherback we're going to talk about a guy that you just mentioned max patch is going to make his return tonight and we're going to get to your question of the week it's very fitting we're going to talk about thomas bukanich who frustrated many opposing forwards but who was your favorite? We want to know what you think. We're going to get to that right after this. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. 
we can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. back here on Canadians Connection and uh, we were talking about Carey Price last segment and he's a guy that's faced some scrutiny. Another guy that's faced some scrutiny is uh, Nikita Sherback and, and Rick you were in Utica for a Laval Rocket game earlier this week and, and what did you what do you make of his performance and, and everything surrounding uh, as that situation has kind of evolved from last week? Yeah it's kind of odd that uh, with uh, some some I don't know suspect play I guess uh, you know that the fourth line until the last game uh, fourth yeah. line has not been good for the Montreal Canadiens Matthew Peck has been invisible all season uh, Nixus Delorier just hasn't fit in yes he got a goal the other night um, stop clocks you know right twice um, all that <laughs> kind of thing um, he, he just he just doesn't have the 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 speed uh, to be able to keep up. So why is it that Nik- uh, Nikita Sherback hasn't uh, gotten an opportunity? Well, um, he was sent uh, to Laval for a conditioning stint and uh, um, uh, played against Belda his first game and and uh, had positive praise from the from uh, uh, the coach um, and then. Um, Utica was in Laval for a pair of games last Friday and Saturday. And as we know, um, uh, the head coach uh, decided to, to uh, throw him <laughs> under the bus. Um, and yep. uh, uh, for, for, and, and it's strange because I'll go back to Brian Wild again. Brian Wild said, gee, I was watching that game and he seemed to be doing, Sugarback that is, seemed to be doing all the, the right things. And then he was pinned to the bench. I don't get it. Uh, I understand that that uh, Sherback uh, on in that Friday game he lost his man on on a play that, that uh, resulted in a goal. Um, you know he's been out a month. Um, that uh, and and uh, uh, you know just just kind of getting getting his stride back and and uh, uh, that the defensive side of the game is something he needs to think about and think needs to work at plus add to that, that uh, uh, Saturday we're told that uh, he played a period and then was too ill to go on. So, um, you know, let's, let's wonder about that, that illness, but the game that, that I was on site for was in Utica. Um, He was, he was, he was very, very good. Uh, Very good. Uh, He was engaged. He was committed. Um, and Joel Bouchard said after the game, said those things, how invested he was, said it was his best game um, that, that, uh, of, of the, the ones that he had uh, coached him in. Um, yeah. he, was, 
exceptionally good than last night um, uh, against Cleveland. They're in Cleveland for the first time. Um, and uh, and Nikita Sherback uh, got a Nikita Sherback-like goal. Man, it was yep. beautiful. Um, check the highlights. Go to ahl.report uh, and look out, uh, for the game recap, and you'll find highlights there. Uh, you'll also want to listen to uh, Joel Bouchard's uh, comments about Nikita Sherback uh, um, from the Utica game, uh, and you can find that in, in the game recap as well. Um, I think that um, Nikita Sherback is uh, it's it's very odd uh, that um, the way he's been treated uh, fairly, yeah. absolutely not, um, and uh, he's he's putting his business face on now and uh, and showing uh, exactly what he can do. Uh, he'll be in the lineup again uh, tonight as they they have a rematch against Cleveland. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, big picture, I think you would have to think that Yoel Armia's injury and also Paul Byron's injury will open the door for him once he gets back into proper condition. Because, look, like you said, he's been out for a month. It'll take time for him to get to that point. And, you know, when it is, I don't know. But I think, you know, it, you would have to think that this is his chance. Because, uh, unfortunately, as we've seen, this is what would have needed to happen for him to even get a look or even come across Claude Julien's mind is for guys to be hurt. And then, okay, well, we have Nikita Sherback. It's okay. Rather than actually give him a chance among the guys that were on the forty or on the, uh, the opening night roster. Excuse me. What's difficult for me is, is seeing um, uh, Jeremiah Addison. Um, yeah. Odd, very odd, let go by the that team. That was, yeah. Um, a Montreal Canadiens draft pick. Uh, no return there. You have Will Bitten uh, traded for a, an obviously injured player. No return there. Montreal Canadiens draft pick. Uh, Jacob De La Rose uh, lost on waivers because you wanted to uh, instead – uh, protect uh, Nicholas Delorier. Uh, playing second line, got second star, scored this past week for the Tr- Detroit Red Wings. Looks to be fitting right in there. Uh, Montreal Canadiens draft pick. Thomas Pekanitz, uh said goodbye to, um, uh, you know, a warrior. No return there. A Montreal Canadiens draft pick. I, I, I don't like what I'm seeing, the treatment of Montreal Canadiens draft picks. And I'll just Leave it at that as we end the Nikita yeah. Sherback conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like I said, I said it back at the beginning of the season. If, if you don't value your own assets, you don't value your own prospects, then, then no one will. You have to value your own system at some point. And uh, you're seeing that with basically every team that's successful. They value their own. And, and Montreal, to, to this point, has shown that they are – very comfortable dropping their own and dropping what they've developed to go and get a guy like Nick Delorier or Matthew Pekka, or unfortunately there are many, many examples of this. So I guess we'll, uh, with you mentioning Tomasz Plakanich, we'll move on to the question of the week because, you know, he had to feature into this show very prominently because he deserves this. He deserves all of the, uh, the, the attention in this week. I know that he's a guy that to your point that, 
that shied away from it, but he need, he he deserves a show that's that's being very much dedicated to him. And the question of the week this week is: Over 15 years, Tomasz Plekanec frustrated many opposition forwards. Who was your favorite? And we got a lot of response. Well, we got a good, we got a lot of responses, but they were all very similar because I think that there are really two big examples of this. And Blaine said, Blaine Popvan from the Habs Unfiltered podcast gave us one in saying, I loved watching Plakanich get under Crosby's skin. Plex was so sneaky with how greasy he played and it always got Crosby angry. And uh, yeah, that was, that was one of them. And then to your point earlier in the show, Brad Marchand. And I feel like to me, that one is my favorite. And uh, that's the one that a lot of other people have suggested as well, because I feel like that's the highest compliment you can give to a player like Tomasz Plakanic because he's players. And if you get the guy that it's basically what he's paid for to do is antagonize skilled players. If you get him angry and, and upset, that I feel is the highest compliment that you could pay to Tomasz Plakanic. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, it was AHL commissioner um, uh, or president, sorry, uh, Dave Andrews, uh, who posed the question to to Brad Marchand and and uh, asked him who's toughest to play against, something like that. Um, yeah. And uh, and and phrased it, you know, you're tough to play against. Who's your toughest? But and he, he didn't hold back. Brad Marchand said, "I hate Thomas Pocanis," and then he said. <laughs> Maybe maybe I shouldn't say that. Okay, I really 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 dislike him. Um, yeah. And it was yeah. And 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 uh, Crosby is another uh, good example. Yeah. As I mentioned earlier, Krejci is another one. Um, yeah. Th- players do not like playing against Thomas Pukanitz. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I keep going back to: is that not an element that Montreal could use this year? Out of everything that you have, you have speed, and he he addressed it, and Bergevin addressed it, and like we were talking about, he was so graceful in that press conference saying that you know the the league is going younger, faster, and uh, and you know maybe he didn't or Bergevin didn't think that he fit in, but God, is is there not you know is there not five more games that you could have just had a look and see if he could be better defensively than some of your other options? But anyways, I'm getting away from the point. <laughs> so I guess we will head into the bad tweet of the week. And uh, this was like we were talking about with Carrie Price. There's a lot of bad tweets floating around this week, but uh, one in particular, this one was, uh, was pretty, pretty bad. So time for some bad tweets. Listen up. It's time for some bad tweets on the Canadians connection. So I will turn it over to Rick after last week. With my uh, with my bad tweet, we'll go back to Rick Stevens and and see what he's discovered. Well, there was two that um, I, I it's again I I don't I don't know where these come from. Um, yeah, this is from uh, Yan Fortan Yan Fortan Tan on uh, on Twitter. Uh, his avatar picture is of Keith Kachuk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, in in one of the worst jerseys of uh, the the old um, multicolored Arizona or Phoenix Coyotes, I think at that point uh, jerseys. Yeah. 
But I don't know where his allegiances lie, but he says Kokanyemi would lead the lead in point league lead the league in points if A he didn't play with Lekkonen. Well, okay, there's there's if if you un, don't understand the value of <laughs> Arthur and what he's bringing to Kokanyemi, then uh, you know I don't have much to say. And he would lead the league in points if he was playing versus Carey Price every night, and that's just. That's just silly. Um, yeah. One the bad tweet. Okay, let's be nice and call it a bad tweet. It's it's a dumb tweet. It's just it's someone who yeah. doesn't have a lot of a knowledge there. The other is from Boris Bagel, and and maybe we should just uh, consider the source and, and the, the Twitter name, and and maybe he doesn't mean anything by this. Um, he says maybe it's a drug issue. He looks like he's stoned out of his mind, a bit dopey. Let's have the Habs ask him to be tested. That's just um, outrageously stupid. Yeah, what? Okay. That's, it, yeah. It, uh, and, and uh, you know, this, this week I'm not going to leave our bad tweets at that. I'm going to mention a couple of good ones because there's some fabulous uh, Habs yeah. fans out there, and they know what's going on. Mike Emanuel exactly. is one who says, what a class act Price is. He, he could be ripping everyone on the Habs from the bad powerless uh, power play, the bad D zone play, the turnovers, the soft crease play, but he does not. He accepts responsibility. Uh, Patrick, Patrick K. Odd on Twitter. There was a time where Habs fans were considered the most knowledgeable in the NHL. Not Not anymore. These are fantasy fans who don't understand that slow and crappy defensemen are the real problem. Keep booing and display your lack of hockey IQ without price, it would be much, much worse. Um, So those are the kinds of, of tweets that um, I I, I think that, that we have to balance out. Uh, Justin, another one, JD Vito on, on Twitter price was stellar tonight, but our defense just quit on him. And that's happened more times than we, we care to know about. Um, So we're going to, we'll mention all the tweets. We love interacting with you. And uh, maybe you'll make it into one of our categories next week. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I would feel like tonight might be a night where there's going to be some candidates for bad tweets because we do have a player returning. And 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 just thinking, looking back to last week, the way that we had two guys come back into town and the way that they were treated by the by the Habs faithful and the way that just the other day that we 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 treated our own star player, our own franchise player, it doesn't inspire a whole lot of confidence for how tonight is going to play out. Max Pacioretty making his return to the Bell Center tonight, hopefully gets a, a nice acknowledgement from the Habs faithful. Hopefully I, 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 it might be wishful thinking, but I would really sincerely hope that Max Pacioretty is acknowledged in a positive way by the Montreal Canadiens organization and their fans. So like Rick said, we'll be back next week. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at JoeWhalen19. You can follow Rick at All Habs. And uh, we have our own Twitter account for this podcast, at Habs Connection. And, uh, yeah, so uh, you can – do you want to tell where you can find us on uh, on podcasts and uh, and other platforms, Rick? Well, the podcast can be found uh, on your favorite podcast platform. Just search for Rocket Sports Radio. Rocket Sports Radio that will get you this podcast. That will get you the From the Press Box uh, podcast uh, that has a focus on on the AHL. Um, 
And and you'll need to be up to date uh, because we've got uh, a Laval game tonight. We've got a Canadians game tonight. Uh, so be sure to go to ahl.report. Be sure to go to allhabs.net, and uh, you'll get all the information you ever wanted. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, so Montreal Canadiens playing the uh, Vegas Golden Knights tonight and then heading out on that, as you mentioned earlier in, uh, in a previous episode, on the dreaded West Coast trip, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver. So that'll be a very interesting interesting uh road trip and we'll have all of our thoughts on this this time next week that'll be at 1 eastern 2 30 newfoundland time we'll be right back with you here on canadian connection we'll talk to you then for the latest news on the montreal canadians follow us on twitter at Habs connection and visit allhabs.net <laughs>